Hello and welcome to the Last of the Moon podcast. I'm Bryce McCracken. I'm Jonathan Majors. I'm Michael B. Jordan. I always go second, Wyatt. What are you doing? I was right off the rip there a little too quick. I'm Wyatt Van Dyke. He had his bit he wanted to say. I don't know if I want to record anymore because, like, like I was all about doing this like when we first started, but now like, I'm not feeling very loved right now. I love that you two are in a constant competition for who can who can get the bit <laughs> in the introductions. My co-hosts are Wyatt Van Dyke and Brett Redshaw. I don't think any of us have ever like done one that's good either, like to this point yet. We'll get there though. We'll get there. I mean, I've been doing them good like the whole time. I don't know about you, but have some faith in yourself, Wyatt. I'm trying my best out here. Today, we will be talking about Creed 3. This is the newest installment in the Creed series, which is a continuation of the Rocky franchise. Do you guys have much relationship with the Rocky movies? I don't believe personally in the city of Philadelphia, so I have not too strong a relationship with the Rocky movies. I know the theme song, Come Fly Now, because we used to play it at uh, high school tennis meets on a, this giant speaker that we'd wheel around to really prove to everybody else that we were the assholes in the building. That's that song that goes like, I go hard in the paint. Oh, fucking paint. Yeah, that no, song? No, it's actually Waka Flocka. You may have confused That's him. not the theme for Rocky? For a band. That's actually a man. That's a man? That's a man. Oh, Brett, okay. your relationship to the Rocky movies? Uh, my relationship is uh, casual, uh, no strings attached situation. A side piece kind of deal. Uh, I've seen a movie here and there, not one that I have like a lot of nostalgic value in, but it's a franchise that I appreciate very much. And I really like the Creed movies. I will say that. And you've now seen all three, Wyatt. You've seen one point five, one point five, <laughs> in an order that would make little sense to most people. But I can read a Wikipedia page and a movie movie summary like nobody's business. So. Hey man, I'm I'm all cut up. The funny thing is, is like, you don't really have to have seen no either of the other movies to just walk into Creed three and be like, all right, this is what's going on. There's this like two, two different times where it's like, hey, that's that guy. Yeah, which I knew from reading what I read in prep and watching the a little bit of the second one, but that was really a movie that could have. <laughs> Our cat is causing shenanigans because. Uh... We're not with her right now. Yeah, she's pretty pissed that <laughs> we locked her out of the room. Uh, her little paws under the door. She misses us. But yes, Creed 3, it's a good movie. And you can watch it without watching the other two and pretty much have a, a grip on what's going on. It, it feels like a, a really good example of, like, this is, if, if we're only going to get, in terms of movies that are in theaters that are actually making money, if we're only going to get IP this is the type of thing that I want, unlike the Marvel movies where you have to have all this backstory to enjoy it. Like you can kind of walk in here at any point and it's a well-made movie and you can enjoy it whether you like boxing or not. There's a weird lack of boxes in this movie. I heard it was all about boxing. There's a bunch of guys hitting each other and there's no cardboard in this thing. It's, it's really mean. I don't know why they feel the need to hit each other so much. Why couldn't they just be kind? Instead of boxing, they should have talked about their feelings in the ring and maybe the real sport were the friends along the way. Funny enough how that's actually kind of a real plot line in the movie whenever his daughter is getting into fights in school. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is like, 
Yeah, why wouldn't we want our daughter just punching the shit out of every single <laughs> kid at the school? Real, yeah. I've, I've got some some issue with the way that they handled that particular plot line. But in general, you guys enjoyed this movie? I thought it was a great movie. I'm I glad to hear that. I am a big fan of sports. That's kind of my whole deal. And I think sports provide a great avenue to make good movies. And boxing, while not something that I know much at all about as a sport, still provides that same avenue. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time. Ranking of the Creed movies, best to worst. Creed 1, Creed 3, Creed 2. My thoughts are exactly the same. Creed 1 has a real magic to it that I don't think that either movie has been able to recapture. I do think Creed 2 is like pretty good still, but I don't think 2 or 3 really compare to the first one. I mean, the... The, like, multiple one-take fight scenes in the first movie, the montages, they're just, like, unrivaled. I I think the soundtrack is a big part of all three movies, and I think the soundtrack in the first one's probably my favorite of the three. It's like, I I also want, especially when we get into spoilers, to talk about Rocky, because he is a continuation character that is in these movies. Two of them. Two of them. And... Like, I think the relationship there in the first movie is excellent. So I do love that first movie a lot. And this one is probably the most unique in terms of the the three movies. Uh, It was, of course, directed by Michael B. Jordan, who plays Mr. Creed himself. Directorial debut, baby. Directorial debut and a pretty good one. But the first two movies were directed by Ryan Coogler, who is a very, very talented director he has done uh, a lot of good black movies i mean he did the uh, black panther movies he did fruitvale station with michael b jordan as well which is an excellent movie if you guys haven't seen that one it was sort of michael b jordan's first big breakout into film he was of course on the wire as like a teenager but he's very good in fruitvale station and it was honestly pretty ahead of its time in terms of dealing with police brutality and that sort of thing of course based on a real story but yeah that's a great movie that's a side tangent but ryan coogler good director weird name somewhat of a weird name yeah yeah Uh, don't run into too many dudes named ryan out there you know watch out for the coogler oh god (laughs) i'll get you around any dark corner (laughs) uh i have something to show you guys but i forgot to get it can i can i pause real quick to go grab it yeah definitely pause absolutely uh, I have bad news. I couldn't find it. Oh, my God. What was it? So a couple years ago, my dad moved out of our house, and I was cleaning out all of my stuff, and I found a piece of paper from the second grade, Mrs. Dodero's class. We filled out, like, all of our favorite things. On that piece of paper that I found that I could not find this time around, I listed boxing as my favorite sport in second grade. Not soccer, not baseball, which I played at the time. I played both of those sports. I put boxing as my favorite sport. I never watched boxing before. I just watched my dad play Fight Night Round 4 on the (laughs) Xbox sometimes, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I've never heard of that game before in my life. Is that really all that influenced that decision, you think? It is 100% what influenced that decision. I thought it was an awesome game. Love childhood perceptions of sports because I was like a, a pretty devout San Diego Chargers fan for like six years growing up because 
My friend Eduardo said, quote, they're fun to play with on Madden. <laughs> and I played one game with the Drew Brees-led 2004 San Diego Chargers on Madden 04. And then I was the world's biggest Antonio Gates fan for like a small period of my life. That so aged great. That just is how it works, you know? The difference between you boys and a guy like me is that while you were little kids running around playing video games with your parents, I was I was in the living room every Sunday rooting on Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh my in God. NASCAR races every single week. The real man sport. <laughs> if there was a Creed franchise made about y'all's lives, which sport would you pick to to represent Wait, yourself? What does that mean? A like none of what? us are professional. No, sports. but like if you, this was just kind of my brain just vomiting. Do you mean a sports movie? Yeah, but like a, like a Creed style where it's like like you're the center, but like you're an athlete. Like Wait, so we're actors. Yeah, you're an actor in the sense, okay. or someone is representing you. So we're actors picking roles that has nothing to do with our no no no, no. Lives. it's your life in which you're a hypothetical fake athlete which sport would you want to play in this movie to be as cool as you possibly could be or true to yourself you could say nascar see i want to say soccer because like that's like my sport and i'm of the opinion it's the best sport but i don't think soccer makes for like great movies per se so i, I want to say tennis i feel like it's easier to it's more of like a one-on-one situation like it is with boxing. Like you could have some like rivalry on the come-up situation like you have with Creed. Good pick. Yeah. What's the uh, Will Smith movie from last year? Uh, King Uncle Richard. King Richard. Yeah, King, King Richard. Pretty decent movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Okay. For the underrepresentation and keeping true to myself... I'm going slow pitch softball. Wow. That would be no, make it a comedy. Oh god. No, I'm not even kidding you. Like I would pitch? go see a slow pitch softball movie. I like no is hesitation. it a comedy though? Um What's it, your pitch? It has to be. No. There there are no stakes in slow pitch softball. I well that's the thing. That's what reels you in because you wouldn't expect there to be stakes. But I would write it, obviously I'm writing it, in a way where there are very high stakes. Is it and it's serious? It's is it serious. within the the stakes of the the softball game are high? Yeah, or or it's like it's a softball movie, but also your like wife is dying. Uh, maybe a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Okay. All I know is there are going to be dramatic shots of a yellow ball going thirty feet up in the air before <laughs> it comes down, and I smack that shit over the back fence three fifty feet. I love how we all kind of put our own spin on these. I'm taking. A24 produced, obviously, a ping pong movie wow. in which it's kind of whiplash style in that I lose myself in the pong and staying true to my, my movie taste. There has to be some sort of troubled romance in which I get too deep into the ping pong and lose sight of what's true. And I think that'd make for a phenomenal movie. Do you Can guys, I have a second pick? No, I'm going to take the second pick because... You guys were very creative with your answers, and I was not. A rules of three situation. No, here we are. Here we are. The greatest sport. Wait, say it on three. Three, two, Two, one. one. Cornhole. Oh! I'm making a cornhole movie, baby. I'm gross at that game. Um, I don't know what it's about. Maybe it's like a raunchy thing, and there's just a lot of really, really poor cornhole metaphors the whole time. I don't know where, where I'm going with this. My other idea was bowling, but it's got a real bad taste in my mouth because I hurt my wrist 
bowling like two weeks ago at this point, and it's still not 100%, and I'm very upset about it. Was your wrist injured on the last podcast? No. I think it was. What was the last thing we recorded? And then? No, it was without you. Interstellar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should we clarify the fact that I'm alive? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, Wyatt's back. The ants formed into one being and then regurgitated him back. They just walked under the doorway of our house and then just spit him back onto his bed. They made the bed for him, too. It was actually very sweet. They said, guys, this dude wouldn't stop talking about A24 movies, and we just couldn't take it anymore. The even, hive mind said he's out of here. Even the little bits and pieces that they had eaten him into were still just preaching A24 from the mountaintops. Every single one that took a bite of my brain was just horrified with what they had consumed because they got a little bit of my thoughts. And so there was just... Ants reciting like <laughs> Barry Bonds's 2004 slugging percentage <laughs> over and over again. I believe it was 659, if anyone was wondering. Just screaming the walk-off home run call from when the Mariners made the playoffs. I mean, I've got it verbatim, ready to go. But either way, uh, we're here to talk about Creed 3. I'm alive. Are we? I'm alive. The ants were good to me. <laughs> they treated me right. Um, Stockholm syndrome. Better than any lover. I, not any, but I mean they're up there. But you know, it's good to be back. It's good to be sentient once more. Everybody needs a break from that every once in a while. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Welcome it means a lot back. to be here. Let's talk about Creed. We liked this movie. I'm glad to hear it. If you don't want to be spoiled for Creed three, we're gonna talk about some spoilers. We're gonna talk about the plot of this movie. A little bit more in detail about what we liked and what we didn't like. If you have not seen Creed 3, it's in theaters right now. I would imagine it will be there for a few more weeks at least. Go ahead and check it out and rejoin us when you are done. We'll miss you until then. We will miss you until then. This is where I add the whooshing sound effect or something. Whoosh. Whoosh. Wow. It's a good touch. Thank you. Uh, I made that. Did you really? I did. I created that sound. With what? Um, what? A high pass. <laughs> With what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> With what? That was like a Jordan Peterson. Like, <laughs> what rules, you sons of bitches? It's like it's like. It's like white noise, and then I used a high-pass filter and some other shenanigans. Sick. Yeah. With, uh, with what? <laughs> Don't uh, like. Brett is Jordan Peterson, confirmed. Oh, boy. Uh, let's talk about this freaking movie. It was pretty good. I had a good time. Good time. <sighs> I need to, need to take a breath and maybe a sip of water. Uh, I was at work at probably... 4.30 p.m. Got a text from the gentleman that said, hey, Creed at whatever, like 7.10. 7.10 p.m. Tonight. And I was like, sick. I'll have a lot of time. Go home. Get ready for this. Maybe hit the gym, whatever. And then somebody else was like, Wyatt. Oscar. Oscar? What Oscar? Somebody else said, Oscar nominated animated shorts immediately before creed three and also you have to leave work right the second to get there and then you'll barely make showtime and i said okay so we double featured we watched all the shorts then we watched creed three it was a very fun night we were in the manor theater and 
Squirrel Hill for how many hours? From 4.50 till like 9, ton of shit night. And I'm going back tomorrow. Uh, Colleen oh. wants to see the short film. So Ooh, I need <laughs> well, to you get to watch them too. twice. That's exciting. Yeah, hey, I believe I'm also going back. If the short films are showing near you, this is not at all related to Creed. They're really, really good, especially the animated shorts. But honestly, both. If, if they're interesting to you, highly recommend checking those out. For sure. But uh, let's talk about Creed 3. What's this movie about? One uh, of you want to say it or uh, I don't normally do it. I can fire it off. So, let's go. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's character is back. He begins retired from boxing at the, at the start of the movie. And he is training and sponsoring the Adelphi Gym with his trainer, who I'm forgetting the name of. Little Duke. Little Duke, who was also his father's trainer, I believe. In the uh, His father was his father's trainer. Ah, I Little see. Duke, Big That's Duke's right. father. Big Duke. I mentioned something in the movie about this, about how everybody has the exact same career as their father, <laughs> which is really funny. So Michael B. Jordan is retired from boxing. Wait, pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, it just reminded me of something that happened. When we were watching Creed 2, Bryce also made that connection. He was like, yeah, Little Duke trained Creed's dad. And then I was like, no, I think his dad trained Creed's dad. And then like 30 seconds later, Little Duke was like, when my father trained your father. I was like, let's go. <laughs> uh, Huge bro was so happy about it because I was insistent, as usual, that I was right, that I was not. <laughs> Sorry, White. Please continue. But continuing on, Michael B. Jordan's gym has this, this star boxer, Felix Chavez, who's on the come up, and the movie begins focusing on him, but it's also intermixed with backstory for Apollo Creed. Did you see Felix Chavez is up on the come up? He's on the come up. Well, he's no, because he's, he's the heavyweight but champion. They at still this point. are like kind of portraying him as this like like new face in yeah, boxing. Yeah, that's fair. Taking over the the mantle that Creed had left. He's got the title at yeah. this point. Um, which the title system in boxing seems ridiculously it's crazy. confusing. But there is references throughout the beginning of the movie to this guy Dame, who's played by Jonathan Majors, who is the most ripped, most jacked man of all time. We've been discussing him frequently with. Ant-Man coming out recently as well. Every time I close my eyes, I see Jonathan Major's nude torso. That's yeah. us. You want to talk about it? <laughs> no. Okay. But Jonathan Major's character... Uh, <laughs> I would love you, no matter what, Bryce. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is an accepting household. I mean, uh, uh, either way, trying to remain on subject. Jonathan Major's character has backstory with Apollo Creed. They grew up around one another, and it's clear that Dame has aspirations for a boxing career fresh out of 18 years in prison uh, for a crime of which Apollo Creed was present for as a child. Adonis uh, Creed. Adonis Creed. I'm saying Apollo. That's his father. I'm realizing this. And so the the whole plotline of the movie centers around this childhood friendship turning into something of a rivalry, something of a combative relationship, quite literally, because they fight each other. And that is the summation of it they face off in an epic fight in the dodger stadium as this series shifts from philadelphia to la and it is one great movie i think that is a pretty pretty concise summary we can break down all the important parts so importantly to start what did you like about this movie what stood out what is the thing you left the theater thinking about first jonathan majors uh, is everything in my life it's all i can think about uh, he's the next man up. He's on a roll. He's the guy. He's got that dog in him. He's him. Woof. 
But yeah, Jonathan Majors, really good. Love him. Michael B. Jordan did a great job directing. Seriously, if you uh, if you didn't know that he was directing for the first time, new guy on the scene, uh, got the job done really well. It, it never at any point felt like, wow, no. I can really tell this is a directorial debut. Yeah, for sure. I think that's all that I got off the dome. I I was thinking a lot when I was trying to figure out what I liked about this movie about sort of what separates this from the first two Creed movies. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, it feels very different. I don't know if you guys felt similarly, but to me at least, it felt very different from the first two Creed movies. And I was trying to figure out why, and I really think it has to do with the lack of Rocky in this movie. I haven't watched the end of Creed 2 in a long time. Does he die in the second movie? No, he does not die. If we want, I, I was prepared to talk about this. We can get into it right now because I think it is important. So, notably, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky is not in Creed 3. It's a really big deal because the Rocky franchise, which spawned Creed, that is Sylvester Stallone's baby. That is from the ground up. That was 100% all Sylvester Stallone from the beginning. And he had influence in writing as far as being like a you know, a co-writer yep. all the way through until Creed 3 when he ran into some creative conflict with the, I forget, I, it's a longtime uh, franchise producer who he butted heads with and was written out of the movie to not be in it at all. So I, a large part of why it feels so different is A, Rocky as a character, his absence in the movie B, Sylvester Stallone not being in the writing room at all, uh, which is going to have a huge effect. And then also B, two, Sylvester Stallone not being in the writing room made the movie a lot darker. He notably mentioned, I really, I, the, the part that I do not agree with is how it is not a straight through and through feel good protagonist uh, that we're cheering for. We see a lot of darker sides of the Adonis character in this movie. And so that changes the movie tonally in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that that leads well to what my ultimate thoughts were in regards to this. There's definitely, like, you can feel the lack of the character Rocky in this movie. I think what I liked about the first two movies so much, outside of the cool fight choreography and things, was the unique relationship between Rocky and Donnie. Especially in that first movie, it's really special. You can feel the love that those two characters have for each other. And the two are solving a lot of their own unique problems. And they wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Or without each other, rather. And I like that a lot. For a bit, I was feeling the lack of Rocky in this movie. And then I realized it's doing something completely different. This movie even though adonis is at the center of all three movies i think unquestionably this is the most adonis centered movie in terms of like his growth as a character and the conflict that he goes through introducing a childhood friend that also has a very complicated and deeply intertwined backstory leads to so much tension both in terms of like the plot that's happening but also inner turmoil between the two characters and 
Michael B. Jordan's character, Adonis, goes through a lot of unique and troubling things in this movie, like Brett was saying. Like, it, it's really dark at points. It's it's unique, and I liked that about it. So that's my answer to your question. I think that the absence of Sylvester Stallone, both as a character and as a writer, produced a notable change in, in feeling from, like, I associate the Rocky series and... um I guess to a lesser extent, but some somewhat similar, the first two Creed movies with like a gritty feeling, like a real rags to riches, like come up story. Um, Very feel good. Yeah. And the absence of him leads Creed three to have this like flashy, uh, which I mean, it's reflected the fact that Adonis is at this point a made man. His wife is a superstar uh, in the music scene. So it's there's there's no more come up for them to have. They almost have to fall down. Yeah, all there's all there's left to prove is like childhood beef, which is the fight that we're left with. But the absence of Rocky, I think, adds to that. And also, is there not a location change from Creed two to Creed three? Yeah. So this the first two are both in Philadelphia. Oh no, they moved to L.A. in Creed halfway through Creed two. Yeah, but that would make sense for the the absence of Rocky with him not being out there as he's loyal to his city of brotherly love. But uh, I like it. I like that this is a little bit of a flashier movie, a little bit of a uh, representation of someone at the top of their game. We've gotten a good fair bit of boxing movies, both in this series and just in general, that are all about starting from the bottom and clawing your way up. And usually a character that we see like Dame in this movie would be like the star in that sequence just because of that's that's his uh, his life trajectory. But it's interesting to see a movie from the perspective of the person who's attempting to be knocked down and not the person who's on the opposite side of them. Yeah, let's let's talk about Dame because Brett said that that was his favorite part of the movie. I think that's pretty fair. It's very entertaining, but Damien acts as the main point of conflict here. Brett, do you want to explain sort of the role that Damien plays here? Give a little bit of the backstory and how he sort of comes into the story? Yeah, so Dame, again, played by Jonathan Majors, uh, he plays the role of this foil to Michael B. Jordan's character, Creed. They were childhood friends and ran into legal troubles that fractured their relationship because uh, Damien got thrown into prison and Adonis got away and ended up making a, a name for himself as the best boxer in the world. In early childhood, uh, boxing was one of their hobbies and uh, specifically Damien's. Specifically Damien's. He was the one that was kind of the front runner in the youth boxing scene. And Adonis was always at his coattails. He was his bag man. He carried his gloves. He was, and he was really good at it. I really enjoyed watching little yes, Adonis yes. be in that, like, uh, you know, kind of coach, just right-hand man role. That was a really enjoyable mm-hmm. part of the movie to me. Um, They run into this this violent altercation and changes the course of both of their lives forever. Because this is the spoilers, you can say what specifically happens. Yeah, I wasn't going to get into like all of the detail because I didn't know how well, necessary I, I, it was. I, I think it's worth bringing up because it is important to sort of the thematic elements mm-hmm. of the two of their relationship. So Adonis at like a convenience store, he runs into a uh, an abusive caregiver that Damien and Adonis had in a group home. It, and that's revealed to us later on in the movie. We mm-hmm. don't really know who that uh, who that character is until probably you know three quarters into the movie. 
But Adonis, even as a kid, uh, has this really cool scene of just beating the shit out of this grown man. But then Adonis gets jumped by his boys, and then uh, Damien pulls a gun, and the cops are on the scene. Damien gets arrested. He was already on a, a short leash from prior run-ins with the police. I'm going to chime in here, because there's a cool duality that I noticed while watching the movie. So, do you remember when Damien is waiting on the car outside the gym and Adonis first sees him, mm-hmm, what, what Damien says to him? That he thought he wasn't coming to the boxing thing? What do you reference no. specifically? He's leaning on the car and he says the same thing that Donnie says to this abusive caretaker right before he beats the shit out of him. Oh. Do you remember what this is? I don't remember, but I didn't notice He that. says, you don't remember me, do you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Adonis says that to the caregiver right before he beats him up. And then Damien says that to Adonis when they first meet after he gets out of jail. I thought that was a cool little duality, and it could almost... I guess it's impossible to say this because you don't realize the duality until after the fact, but on second watch, it's it's almost like a funny little nod because it's like, this is hinting at the potential violence that's about to come. A large reason for why their relationship becomes so tumultuous is partially because of the way that Adonis gets away and then kind of has a, uh, what's considered in, some people's public eye as like a uh, a handout come up because of who his father is. Uh, so that's the life that Adonis ends up happening. Uh, ends up that is the life that Adonis ends up having. But then Damien gets put away in jail for decades, never gets his shot at really becoming an amazing fighter, and trains and trains and trains until he gets out. All the while, Adonis never reached out to him or tried to maintain that relationship in any way. So. And Damien uh, just has to watch him live his dream. He has to watch Donnie live his dream from behind bars. And genuinely, uh, like, he has a reason to have a chip on his shoulder because it's, it's an, you know, he's a kid, but it's an, a, a super shitty thing for Adonis to be doing for what's, you know, seems to be his best friend. When he gets out of jail, he meets back up with Adonis, kind of finagles his way into his life. It seems to be this really amazing, cool guy with only good intentions. Ends up weaseling his way into a heavyweight title under nefarious circumstances. Yeah, I want to talk more about that before Let's do we it. like jump further ahead. Let's do it right Wait, now, real quick. After, so Let's do he, it in just a few seconds after Brett says what he's about to say. That's get, fine with me. He gets the title. It's revealed how you know basically Jonathan Majors is a bad guy. And- <laughs> Let's bully Brett for having a voice crack. Tell me more about Jonathan Majors. (laughs) What did he do, Brett? What did Jonathan Majors do? It's revealed how Jonathan Majors got to this point of being a a heavyweight champion by essentially manipulating Adonis and really just shows his cards as being the bad guy in this situation, going as far as punching Adonis in a a non-sports related situation i like that the there's a concept called narrative irony where the audience knows something that the characters do not it is not that i like that we find out at the exact same time that 
Adonis finds out, he sees the photo and realizes that the guy who assaulted, I believe it was Drago from the second movie, was actually a, one of Damien's boys from prison. And I like that we have that reveal at the same time. To be clear, that is, that is the way that Damien shoots all the way up to the top without ever, you know, as a challenger to the heavyweight title, without ever getting in the ring professionally once. He essentially purposefully, violently hurts the challenger to the heavyweight title, and then there's nobody else to challenge except him. I have uh, two points here. One, circling back to my original one, as a frequent consumer of sports and all things sports media, the the lack of pushback for which Damien faces after essentially paying off a guy to to break someone's hand to get a fight uh, is hilarious. In college sports, if you like look at a sports book and you don't even place a bet, you just kind of like glance in its general direction. The NCAA will shut you down for like three <laughs> years. In in baseball, if you take Adderall and forget to tell MLB, you're suspended for an entire calendar year because they think you're doing steroids. So the fact that this guy just like I mean, it may have gone unmentioned. Like maybe Adonis just does not tell anybody in the boxing authority, hey, this guy is cheating and also in a pretty dramatic way injuring other competitors. I think the implication is that there's no actual proof that that's what happened. But it's in two big characters, they know it. There's yeah, there's an implication that that happened. And my point there is that there's a few things in this movie that I think are just like wildly inaccurate to how sports Real life. actually work, which I know it's a movie, but it's, it's presented as, as something that we're supposed to be following along with. Uh, like Damien's concept of doing things that would not find him in more trouble with the law while he's on parole is crazy. Uh, like, the, like assaulting a that, man. That whole beach party scene and then punching a dude in the face uh, will lend you, uh, get you end up right back in prison. Uh, but that was point one. It's just kind of like a, a issue I have. I don't mean to nitpick, but... Just to play devil's advocate, though, because Brett played devil's ad- advocate for your first point, there's a chance that Adonis is not going to tell anyone because even though they're in conflict, he still has this connection with this character. This pairs perfectly with my next point. Oh, wonderful. It's com- It was completely unrelated. Bryce has tied them together masterfully. But what I thought uh, was very good in this movie was like a take on being divided between uh, what used to be you and what is you now. And I think the, that Adonis facing like some slight loyalties to his childhood friends and feeling like he's, he's tied to, to who he was as a kid while also in the same time being in the corner of Felix Chavez and attempting to be a professional and focused on his brand is what makes this movie great. I like that. It's, like a character study almost on someone going through identity issues at a point in which it's not usually represented. It's not like a midlife crisis type deal, but it's like a a 30 year old identity crisis. And I thought that was a great part of this movie. And Damien, whether intentionally or not, keeps keeping that pressure on Adonis. He keeps saying things like, wow, you, you don't even know what it's like or you used to you used to visit us in the hood or just just things like that where it's a small thing and whether Damien means for it to or not it makes Adonis feel guilty because he's not the person that he used to be even though that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just being proposed in this way 
where my old friend can't connect with me now. And maybe you don't even want to, but that's a painful thing to experience. And so even though like objectively Adonis is in a better place now, he still has this conflict where he's because somebody from his past has shown up in his life, he hasn't fully moved on. And so he can't move on until he's gotten this person out of his life. I, I don't know if Damien's doing that manipulation intentionally or not. He's obviously a very manipulative person. Well, that brings me to what I want to say is that the plot line, this specific, like the details of this conflict and how it plays out, which, you know, results in a, a heavyweight title match between the two of them is really great to watch. It's exciting. It's entertaining. The acting between the two of them is amazing. Everybody's motivations make sense. Oh my God. Dude, what is going <laughs> on today? This is what He's now anxious because I bullied him for clearing his throat so much. Yeah, no, that's literally why I don't, that's why I clear my throat every two seconds is because if I don't, this is what happens. So excuse me. <laughs> oh my God. He's back, baby. All right. That voice is put together. Two guys want to fight each other. It's very entertaining. It's great. That's my whole point. Hey, man. If we hurt your feelings a little <laughs> bit and you had to cut yourself short there, that's not what we were looking to do. Uh, move on past the situation. We're just let's, boys at this let's, table. Uh, let's talk about that fight. We're jumping over a lot here, but it, I, let, I had a lot of things to say about the final fight because it's interesting. I like the chaos that we're pursuing this discussion with this format. <laughs> it's just going all going over going the place. For my brain. I loved the final fight. I was said I was a, a little a little nitpicky bitch moments prior, and with negatives also comes positives. I love when movies put forth the effort to make sports look real. This is usually an issue in TV shows in which they don't even attempt to put forth actors who look like they have any idea doing anything on an athletic field or in athletic competition. But the boxing in Creed is both done so well, like from a physical standpoint, the choreography of it is phenomenal, but also the shots that they did and like put forth, there's a lot of slow-mo used or these like weird. Slow-mo is not super common in the other Creed movies. Yeah, these, these swivel shots that were crazy too, that will like, you, you'd see a clear like, oh, okay, this character has a weak point or an injury in this situation. And you could see things coming that felt almost like video game, like cutscene. Oh, that's a great it point. Was a gr- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Bryce said it was a great point. It's a great cinematic device to show Adonis's awareness, his elite awareness as yeah. a boxer. And it was a new part of this movie that I'm sure that Michael B. Jordan's directing had something to do with. Great choice. I thought the, the shots of Damien in his first fight against Felix where in each time between rounds that they go back to their corners, he's just dialed in on seeing how Felix responds to treatment on certain parts of his body. He had prior injured he's, his he's shoulder. He's a devious bastard. Yeah. Was so, like, watching him so locked in, completely ignoring any advice to be like, okay, what's, what's this other guy got going on? I was watching that thinking, this man is an absolute dog. He is a menace. He's someone to be like he's genuinely scary yes to watch as a fighter you're like this man could kill me with a punch it's worth addressing a minor i mean like i i don't know the intricacies of boxing but it's surprising to me that more people 
don't just like throw an elbow or two because you lose some points, right? But as long as you end the fight by knockout, those points don't matter at all, which is what we see happen in that Damien versus Chavez fight. Okay, I also don't know the intricacies of boxing, so sue me if any of this is I will. Uh, inaccurate. I think, and this is one of my my biggest nitpicks about the movie, I think that you are not getting that many chances. Every single ref in this particular movie is terrible at their job. They let so much go. They, they do at least address that. Well, no, they just what what's the addressing that you're talking about? There are multiple like trainers and like the cut guys who are like, what what are these refs doing? Yeah, but I don't think that that's really happening. Like some of the the fouls that are taking place are really dangerous and very blatant and i've never for any boxing that i've ever seen i've literally in real life i've never seen that also speaking of they did away with max kellerman for this movie and i'm mad about pissed it. off I'm i so love upset. max kellerman give me my boy i'm a huge max kellerman fan number one row i'm all about him and he had a why well, you didn't see this as much he between the first two movie, movies he had a shockingly big role especially in two he was all over the screen and then he was gone for three and who did they choose to include in his stead none other than Stephen a smith who first off that was the main thing like if i was to write one note that like bothered me about this movie as someone who hopes to have a career in sports journalism and sports media Damien's just like call into that show where they just put him on <laughs> made me so mad. When you leaned over to me and addressed that, I was like, oh man, why it's not having a good time. No, I really liked that movie, but it was just like in an instant, Damien's watching first take Stephen A's show and Adonis is on it and he, he listens to like two words and suddenly he's just got his phone up and <laughs> called the Stephen A. He's Smith hotline. In. And it's like, which that's definitely exists, not how that works. And also they wouldn't just take a call without like confirmation. Mm -hmm. There'd be so much that would happen. That whole bit would Stephen be a. Smith's scripted. phone is not yeah. on silent. <laughs> it would be scripted to like each minute. And after the call ends, Adonis just like walks off the set. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that whole thing. While dramatic and well, well serving in its movie bothers my brain a little bit but obviously not enough for me to not be like, this is a very good movie. This was in fact a very good movie. Uh, I want to bring it back to that fight scene because it's doing something outside of, I, I appreciate you bringing up the way that it's shot and the characters and what they're doing in the scene because it is really cool. But I think that is something that all of the Creed movies do pretty well. This fight scene was a lot more metaphorical than any fight scene that we've seen in any Rocky movie before. And so I want to bring that up. Like the graveyard fight scene. Yeah. It's, it's just... essentially a graveyard fight scene. Like at one point, the entire crowd in the LA Dodgers stadium, that, that is what it's called, right? Yeah. It's not a sponsored stadium. Uh, I think it's like Los Angeles. Col uh, Chavez ravine. Either way. I know that it was built on a, it's Dodger stadium. That's okay. its name built on Chavez uh, ravine should not have been put there in the 60s. It was a thriving, predominantly Mexican community. Oh, boy. And then the Dodgers displaced all of them. And that was rude, and I don't like it. But they got a good stadium out of it. 
hey man, tell the community. I don't feel like they're gonna <laughs> love that that much. You could say they dodged any consequences. Get out of here! Of incredibly incredulous action. Uh, yes, I'm that sitting is here. Unfortunate. A warrior for social justice. You two are making jokes about gentrification. Um, I am on apologies. the right side of history. But in this scene, all of the fans in the Dodger Stadium disappear. There are shots of instead of getting backed into ropes like one would in a boxing match, they get backed into like prison cell bars. There are a couple other like deeply metaphorical things that this movie sh- or this fight scene shows. And I'm curious how you guys felt about that. Relevant note that I'm not sure if either of you are aware of. Michael B. Jordan is apparently like a notable anime fan. Mm, yes, this is relevant. Said that this fight was inspired by anime fights. I've pretty nuts. Never watched a single anime in my life, so I cannot comment on that at all. Are either of you people anime watchers? I've watched a lot of Japanese animated movies, but I have not watched any anime TV shows. Yeah, I'm like I'm familiar as much as the next guy. I going back to the the concept and the the decision making that went into that. I like the concept of making it like a just the two of them where it's it's clear that this is not a fight for for dollars as the first fight of the movie is clearly set up and focused on as a big money maker for the gyms. The second fight is clearly just over personal beef. I do wish that they had leaned into the pretty electric atmosphere. They have these walk up to the ring sequences that are phenomenal throughout the movie. And I feel like they do away with that atmosphere a little bit with all of the fans disappearing. Mm, That's fair. I don't know if I would have preferred that in lieu of what we were given because I do like the emphasis on this is two 14-year-olds fighting each other as like 33-year-olds. That was one of the other things. There's a scene when they're sitting across from each other and they're looking at each other, and they just see each other as their children selves. That's the best shot which of the movie. Is awesome. That, yeah, I thought that was the when I saw that, I was near goosebumps on the arm type deal. But the the ending fight sequence is one that in movies you usually know, like especially in sports movies, you can tell okay, the character we're cheering for is going to win. I genuinely thought up until the last punch is thrown that it was being set up so that Creed would lose. And to see him win was a twist that, while it's probably not a twist, wasn't something I was 100% certain was mm-hmm. coming. And that, again, that, that's up to Michael B. Jordan's directing. Yeah. I like, I like the, the fact that there wasn't finality coming into it. You didn't know how this was going to end up. I really enjoyed what they changed in the direction of the final fight, how it was more inspired from concepts outside of traditional boxing movies i like that they got a little bit experimental with it i like that they changed it up overall i feel that it is the worst finale fight out of the three movies it is way 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 too short you jump into that like dream sequence part of the fight in probably round two and then whenever they come out of it they're in round 12 and what makes the other two fights, the two finales of the last two movies really phenomenal to me is how you truly feel like you have ran a marathon and been in a boxing match 
by the end of it. It's grueling. The final boxing match, uh, the climax in this movie is probably 10 minutes. Maybe. Um, it was like 10 to 20 minutes. And yeah. it goes 12 rounds. Like this is a full fight too. Yeah, it's we not just lose news. like 10 of those rounds. It, it looks amazing, but it's over very quickly and you don't feel the, the same amount of weight in this fight as compared to the other ones. It was good, but you know, it, it compared to the other one, it had really big shoes to fill from itself. It's former movies in this uh, franchise. I feel like that fits up with what I've watched from the series so far. Obviously that is 50% of it. These movies feel like they move at a pretty rapid pace. Like they are, quick yeah this movie is less than two hours i um, noticed it especially with this one which was one of my biggest i don't even want to say complaints because i never want to be like your movie should be longer but I, I don't even be. know where the time went in this movie like it felt like it was over so fast. yeah it was a like just under two hours the other movies there's a i guess it also is because of like the sports movie tropes but the other two movies it very much feels like early on you see where this movie is going and the vast majority of the movie is all right we're we're working hard to get to that spot and then it weaves in some character things and it gives you a story to connect to and then that makes you feel for the character that's trying to reach this goal this was very much like character things are happening and then also kind of just on the side you have this sports goal like the training montage is pretty cool but it's also really short and there's only one i don't know if i would call it something that would make the movie bad but it i don't think it worked for me as much as it does in the other two movies there was one thing that i wanted to address with this final fight scene i really like like why it was saying how metaphorical it is and how every everything is representative of something bigger but I think it may have gone just a little bit too far. I love the shot of the two of them as children. But when the crowd disappears, specifically, it looks really, really goofy, in my opinion. I love what that represents in terms of like, this fight scene is just about the two of them here. But they've paid for Dodger Stadium in the 80s that scene would have actually had an empty Dodger stadium and the two of them there. Like they would have filmed some stuff with the crowd and then they would have filmed some stuff without the crowd. Yeah. And that would look so much better than the clearly CG like fog that's just around them. Like it's, it's so apparent that they're just on a CG stage now. And then when like the bars appear in the corner of the, or in the corner of the ring, it just it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Like so many of the other fight scenes, like Brett was saying, they're grounded, they're brutal, they're grueling. And you can like feel every bead of sweat and every punch that gets thrown. And then this fight scene, while it is still like really good and better than most sports scenes, especially of the last decade or so, it just it doesn't feel quite as grounded as the other movies and that's sort of what i look for out of this series agreed <laughs> page the reoccurring character cat on this podcast just opened a door on her own to get back with her friends uh she, she us so worth bad. noting she opened it 
towards herself, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, she stuck her little paw underneath and ripped it open towards her. It was pretty that impressive. shit like a professional. She has been watching Jonathan Major's workout compilations and has been following his, uh, what's that word? Regiment. Regiment. There we go. Thank you. I've got a very important question for you boys. Yes. So, Damien, his name is Diamond Dame Anderson? Yeah, I could beat him in a fight if that's what you're asking. Adonis is Donnie or Adonis Hollywood Creed. What are your boxing names? Boxing names? You got a boxing name? Anything come to mind? I do have a Kahoot name. And I feel like that could be used. Uh, I just use the Y and then the at sign like an email. Because why at? Would that be what you're like, your My pants say? say? I why think that at? Would, I think that'd kind of go hard. That does kind of go hard. Uh, I'll kick this to Brett and then think of like, like, a, like a nickname or a moniker that I'd want. Uh, Brett, best part of Lasso the Moon, Redshaw. <laughs> Wait, can I, can, I do, can, I, can I do the voice? Yeah. <clears throat> In this corner, weighing it. Wait, wait, wait. There's a little too wait. much Kermit in that. In this I, corner. I can't help it. Uh, in this corner, weighing in at. What do you weigh? You don't have to tell me. Weighing in at. Uh, 185. Weighing in at 185 pounds, five foot two, fighting out of Pennsylvania. Brett, special boy, Redshaw. Special boy? Where did special boy come from? That's, that's your name. Did Red special think, boy, Red Shot. Did you think about that beforehand? No, it's just on the spot. <laughs> All right, now I want mine. Fire away. Oh, God. Uh, 205, by the way. I'm a big fella. Ooh, call him Goldilocks. Uh, I don't have anything in my head. I'm just going to start yelling and see what happens. Goldilocks. And in the other corner, weighing in at 205 pounds, fighting again out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Wyatt. Cornfed Van Dyke. <laughs> it's true. I'm this from dude the Midwest. Cornfed as hell. Uh, um, I was pretty proud of that one. I'm thinking that if I could like have like just a straight up nickname on there, Chicago White Sox baseball player Frank Thomas was known as the Big Hurt. Wow, which would be kind of the hardest boxing nickname of all time. That's pretty good. What would your like walk up to the ring entrance song be? Hose mad. Hose <laughs> mad. No. Uh, what are they mad about? The state of the economy. <laughs> Mine is Owning the same <laughs> after the recession. Mine would easily, I'd have to guillotine or guillotine by Death Grips, however it's pronounced. Oh my god, would that's be the crazy. hardest walk up song of all time. Silk Chiffon by <laughs> Mona. <laughs> Could you imagine getting knocked out? I got, I got my, I got my hood up. Yeah, it's I'm just, walking it's with chiffon. my, walking with my boys down the aisle. It's all dark. You can just see my silhouette, and it's like silk, chiffon. That's how it feels. God, that would go so hard. Uh, big iron on his hip would also go crazy. I'm not, oh, I don't know this one. Oh yeah, well, big iron on his hip. You've never heard that song. Never. You don't yeah, have to song. listen to that yeah, after hard. the podcast. Either way, important hypothetical question. We're in a room that is about the size of a boxing ring right now perhaps a little bit bigger, which is good because the three of us are fighting each other. Who is the last one standing? Hmm. I thought about UFC training for maybe two months, and I also spend at least one night a week watching fight videos till five in the morning on Twitter. 
<laughs> so so I feel really prepared. You're professional. <laughs> I well, certainly have the reach on both of you. This is the type of dude who would throw potted plants. At <laughs> <me>. <laughs> You're making a reference that only you and I get. Um, but I don't know. I feel like... You've got the weight on us. Hey, man. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, no, in, in fighting context, yeah, that's a good no, thing. I, here's what I got. So I think if it is a button-up official rules boxing match, I think, I think I'm taking it. I think if it is UFC MMA fighting, I think probably either one of you beat me in that. I do kind of agree with that because I think that there's both clear issues with Bryce and I, and you're like in that middle ground where I'm a little bit too dense, but I can hit hard as shit. I guarantee you that. <laughs> and I feel like Bryce can dance around a little I'm bit. I'm really fast. But I feel like... I don't know if you hits, you might be down. You're tinier um, than I am. And not only the sense of of width. I think you're absolutely right. And not only am I like a narrow boy, I think my biggest flaw as a fighter is I'm a fucking baby. I don't want to get hit. Yeah. I in soccer, I used to just I got really fast because I didn't want to have to hit people or get hit. And I hit. So I just ran really fast because I was so slow. And Brett, meanwhile, I feel like you're in the middle ground on both of those, and you've got slight advantages there and also there's less of you to hit than there is of us wait brett i need to know why you're so confident that you would win specifically in a boxing match have you ever thrown a punch at a person before do you guys have fighting records i'm curious no i've never fought i'm i'm a pacifist question actually two and oh all time um i do have martial arts experience it's more like i have sparred before and I was pretty good at sparring back in the day whenever I did martial arts. But it was the, like, this is a martial art that does not have very realistic, translatable fighting experience. Are you talking about karate? No, it was, I did Tang Sudo. Oh, okay. I um, didn't for, know this about you. For probably, like, six years. Holy shit. But this it, is news to me. It's not something that I talk about that much because I'm not that like i don't know it's not that big of a deal to me because it's not like real fighting but what belt I, did you get to oh it was they give him the pride belt it was a rainbow <laughs> <laughs> i'm weirdly homophobic but okay i says the man with a rainbow base strap is that your hey, belt yeah, man represent is that your belt did <laughs> Wait, you turn your tang sudo you belt into me, your base were you strap? calling me weirdly homophobic <laughs> yeah ah Hey man, date a non-binary person, then you get every right to say whatever you want. That's how it works. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> you can quote Brett here. He's got the pass for all the words. I, so there's um stripes on belt colors in Tang Sudo, so you don't just like go up a color every single time you advance. I think I got to the second level of orange. Belt. Okay, all right, not too bad. So I do have some experience. I, at this point, I am the most frequent gym goer of the house. And I definitely lift more than you, though. I have only one in fights. I'm also two now. Damn. I am OOO in the fights. Who did you fight? So I was, um, the second one is like not even worth telling. It's a pretty lame story. The first fight that I was ever in, I was six years old. (laughs) That's not the lame story. And I was at a park with my brother. We were shooting hoops. A couple of other kids who were a little older than us came up, wanted to play, started talking shit. And uh, mainly they were talking shit about uh, my brother. 
the so the older kid he was twelve years old, which was a really big deal. That's he twice was your double age, double my age. So I told him I was like, "Hey, come here, check this out." And when he came up to me, I pointed at his shirt like I was doing the flick your nose. Wow! Trick when they look down. When he looked down, I fucking I uppercut wow. this dude. I uppercut this dude, like complete sucker punch. Like he didn't have a chance. It was very there wasn't a lot of decorum in the situation. You're like Damien. But I made him cry, and he went home immediately. God, that's a huge dude. Win. If I got punched by a six year old as a twelve year old, you're I would like move a, counties. You're like a year or two off high school at that point. That is ridiculous. Yes, yeah, so. I last time I fought someone was. A high school party we had teletubbies costumes there because it was a halloween costume and they came with the giant helmets so we thought that was ample enough head protection and so we were fighting each other in a bracket style tournament to impress the <laughs> girls at the party did it work because we're insane i just wanted to fight people i thought it'd be funny real and uh, i won both of my fights by uh the other people getting too scared to continue i did watch <laughs> one guy so convinced that he needed to impress a girl there but he got hit so hard, I watched his eyes roll back in <gasps> his head. Uh, did not fall, and then claimed he needed to keep going, <laughs> and had to be like forcefully removed from the situation. He needed to prayers get up to him. Concussion. You Midwesterners are different. Yeah, With everybody. Important to note: this is like a sophomore year party. All of us were stone cold sober. <laughs> there was no alcohol. Brilliant. We were ripping ripping punches off like two pib extras. All right, here's what I'm thinking. Let's uh, let's put some of these words into practice. I would be willing to right now commit to going to a boxing gym, taking like a lesson or however it happens, putting on the gear and sparring. That would be great content for this podcast. Tell me it wouldn't be. I will. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get hit. I'm a baby. That's crazy. Because you only need two people to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you can ref. You're already wearing a striped uh, shirt. That's great. <laughs> All right. So Brett and I are fighting no, each other. You're, you're, it's such a conflict in my head because... I can't not be better than the two of you at this just in terms of like, not, not in terms of like, I would be better than you, but in terms of like, I feel the need to make myself better than the two of you at this, but also I don't want to be good at this at all. <laughs> I run the ping pong table. I'll run the boxing gym too. Don't say that. Cause I'm going to get my ass in there. If you say that it's crazy. I mean, it's what I do, you know. So okay, here's a question for the for the table. A little bit of talk away from the the boxing plotline of this movie. Since we've already completely not talked about movie. this movie in half an hour. <laughs> oh no! So it is about the movie. Okay, but it's not about the fighting aspect. Not so, interested. In the film, Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan is married to very famous at this point recording artist, now producer, Bianca. From what we know about Bianca and her work spanning three movies, is she a good artist? I don't know enough of her work. to The one bit that they had Michael B. Jordan come down and was listening to her sing did not sound like a good song. But also, it seemed that R&B, Rihanna-type music that does not usually gravitate towards my sensibilities but I, I mean, she's uh, she's got many a gold record. She's got to be very talented. She is certainly talented, but she doesn't seem like the type of artist that I would see at a random bar in Philadelphia and be like, "Oh my god, 
she needs to be famous. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly how I feel. Especially, okay, so here's my take. In the third movie, she is no longer performing. She's only a producer. We hear actually a different artist perform one of her songs. And it's pretty good. It's the best like music that she has made over the course of the franchise. Over the first two movies, there are multiple scenes of her performing and she's up on stage over like a a shitty amateur trap beat and she's like, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's real <laughs> and then there's always somebody that comes up and like they're like this broad can sing <laughs> and it's just it never made sense to me at all how she was like on this huge come up that was just beloved by everybody <laughs> yeah that's fair why would you do better I mean in the singing game no <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the producing and, game though. in the producing game give me like two weeks on uh Garage band, <laughs> and I'll drop a masterpiece. I was trying to think of like a, a funny, goofy ah beat that I, I could ma- lay down with my mouth, but I didn't have anything. Precarious ass beat. That's so racist. racist. That sounded really racist. <laughs> That sounded like a 1940s Disney character that's supposed to be Chinese, but it's just a white guy. Okay, all I'm that's hearing it. is that I made some silly sounds with my mouth, and then you guys both made that assessment. I, I washed my hands of this situation. Brad tried to copy the John Cena Bing uh, Chilling video uh, from Bing Bing. <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> I need you. We've, we've been recording for a while now and have barely talked about this movie. I need you two to do me a favor. Open up your notes if you have them. If there is anything that you feel we have to talk about before we close this conversation, please. Are we getting more Creed movies? Are we done? That's a great question. Um, I feel like they're they're setting it up. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, please. I'm holding on. That was me holding on. Oh. The only reason why I said please is because I think you might have been about to say the same thing I was. Uh, Is his daughter? His daughter is going to be the next, and there's going to be... Whatever his daughter's name, Amara, Amara is going to be the next Creed series, and it's going to go hard. Yeah, I'm here for that. It'd be cool to get a female boxing movie. Deaf boxer as well. Deaf female boxer. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Take. This movie does a great job of um, representation, by the way, and that's worth pointing out that it's like not awkwardly shoehorned in. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenally mm-hmm. done. Very and seamless. it's a it's a slow build. Like they hint at his what's what's her name? The girl Amara. No, 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 the mother. Tessa Bianca. Thompson's character. They they hint at Bianca losing her hearing very early on, and we don't, like... It, it, she mentions it could be genetic, but we don't actually see that come to fruition until this movie. So, like, it's a slow build. And you're absolutely right. Like, it, it doesn't feel over the top. Like, it doesn't try to get any, like, political messages in there. Even though they're likely political messages I would agree with, it's like, it's not really what this is about. It's just telling this story and is also aware of the fact that sometimes different types of people can be in this situation. I also appreciated Mexico. Boxing is huge in Mexico. This is the first time the Creed series has had a Mexican at least at like the top of this game, which I appreciate a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I liked how they represented uh, in the movie in a more realistic fashion. Like, we didn't see any kind of diversity except for Adonis being black in in the first two movies that I can think of. But then Felix having like the Mexico inspired walkout. And can we talk about that for a second? Because it is so cool. It's like actually one of the cool. I, I think it's probably the coolest walkout. At least in the Creed franchise. Yeah. He's got like the mask on and then the cape instead of the hoodie. It's so cool. Uh, Dame has a suitably really bad walkout <laughs> yeah. uh, for the, the first time that he fights because he's got no friends or anything. Yeah. Nobody to like make him like to choreograph for him. So he has nothing to walk out to. And he literally like, has like a cut man and a nice man. And that's it. Yeah. This <laughs> man like, has no entourage. Uh, just a bad graphics like a normal song and then everybody booing him so it, it's pretty cool to see how that made a lot of sense mm-hmm. i think i got everything that i wanted to talk about i'm i'm creeded up creeded up yeah it'd be cool if we saw Amara. another creed movie in i mean how old is she six yeah something like that oh wait so maybe this is a- not relevant to this movie but in the second movie whenever she is about to be born Adonis and Rocky have this conversation about what her name is going to be. And it's like a kind of long drawn out sentimental moment where they're Creed is like, Oh, I think we're going to uh, name her uh, Amara. And then Rocky's like, well, have you thought about, you know, this name and Creed's like, Oh, this, I think it's Kate. He's like Kate Creed. And then they move on and I'm like, Oh, so she like, something's going to happen to Rocky. Her name is going to be Kate. And then that's never mentioned again. <laughs> and then she's <laughs> just Tamara. That scene could have com- been completely scrapped. It meant absolutely <laughs> nothing. That's great. Uh, this movie, pretty good. I had a good time. Not my favorite Creed movie, but the first Creed movie set a pretty high bar. Creed 1 is elite yeah. to me. If you it's haven't seen that movie and you're at this point in the conversation, what are you doing? Go watch Creed 1. I'm literally at this point in the conversation and have not seen Creed 1. Um, I might watch this immediately after this ends. Joke's on you. I've not been recording your line the entire time. Hmm? I have you muted. We didn't get any of your audio. No way. That's why it's only because you didn't see Creed 1. I can't tell if this is a bit right now. Okay. (laughs) I was so scared. That was Uh, frightening. uh, My apologies. Listener. Thank you very much if you've gotten to this point. We appreciate it a lot, whether you've seen Creed 3 or not. Thank you. If you want more of Last of the Moon podcast, check us out on our socials. We are at Last of the Moon Pod on all of the social media platforms, but mostly just Instagram. We really just use Instagram. So follow us there to get updated every time we are doing anything in terms of releasing a new episode or just hanging out as some boys that you like to listen to on the internet. Uh, it's also worth noting that the Last of the Moon DMs are open if you want to fight any of the three of us. If you DM <laughs> us, there's certainly a price that could be paid for us to fight you. The higher you pay us, the less we'll fight back. I'll um, do it for free. Give me in there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Brett is clearly, as we've stated, probably the most feared boxer of the three of us. <laughs> um, so that's why his price is low. He'll whoop your ass. But hey, man, we're out here. We want to we wanna catch some heat, so follow us on the, the socials and challenge us to fights. 
we would appreciate that very much. And that goes for anything, whether you want to challenge us to a fight or just give us some feedback or even hate. If you want to tell Wyatt, hey, your nose looks bad today. Or Brett, I don't like the shirt you're wearing. Or Bryce. I feel like those new glasses to, are stupid. We should bully you there. I feel like you, I feel like that was a cop out. I feel like you get to pick your own negative, but you no, I did. Us. Feel feel free. You uh, got Paul Revere ass hair. That's true. The motherfucker <laughs> looked like he's seen the British. <laughs> British is uh, looking. That's me. Yeah, give us feedback on Instagram. We appreciate that. Anything else? Just some love for the listeners. Yeah. Thank you very much. We would last to the moon for you. We hope you would do the same for us. We love you. Good night. Good night. Much love. Get up, D. Love you. (laughs) Nighty night.